This program has been made by the friends and partners of Jennifer LeClaire Ministries. We hope you enjoy today's teaching. Jesus gave us the victory. He delivered it to us on a silver platter. All we have to do is believe. We don't have to walk in frustration. We can walk in faith that all things are working together for the good. What frustrates us does not need to frustrate us. If we walk in the spirit, if we live and move and have our being in the spirit, if we choose to live in that place, frustration cannot touch us. It might come knocking on our door, but in in response, we will say, no, I have the peace of God that passes all understanding. No, I have patience. No, I have joy. We have the fruit of the Spirit living on the inside of us. But some of us is like a withering little tree. There was this pastor and he went to a yard sale. He was just kind of shopping around and he saw a lawnmower and, he, and the church needed a lawnmower. So he decided he's going to get, it looked like it was in pretty good shape and it was a really good price. And he said, I'm going to grab this lawnmower. He takes it back to the church and he starts mowing the grass. He's, well, he starts to try to mow the grass and he start, he puts gas in the lawnmower and he, he has it all set up and ready. And he starts pulling the cords, one of those old fashioned ones. He starts pulling the cord and he's pulling the cord and he's pulling the cord and he's pulling the cord and he starts getting really frustrated and he's pulling the cord and he begins to pray in tongues. That's what I do. You know, when something doesn't work, who does that? When something doesn't work, begin to pray in tongues, right? I command the demon to come out of the lawnmower, right? And he's pulling the, he's pulling the, and he's pulling it, and he's pulling it. And finally he becomes exasperated. He becomes frustrated and he goes back to the yard sale guy and he says, you know what? This lawnmower doesn't work. I don't know what's wrong with it. He says, I keep pulling the cough help my spirit leap. He said, I keep pulling the cord and I keep pulling the cord and I keep, nothing happens. And the guy says, he says, well, pastor, he says, you have to cuss at it. (laughs) And the pastor said, I can't do that. I'm a pastor. I can't. He goes, I haven't cussed since before I got saved. He goes, I don't even think, I don't think I can remember how to cuss or even remember a cuss word. I'm holy. I'm a, I'm a holy man. I, I don't think I can remember how to cuss. And the guy said, don't worry about it, pastor. Just pull it enough times and eventually it'll come back to you. (laughs) You'll get it tomorrow. (laughs) Amen. But here's the thing. We all get frustrated by something, yes or no? Like that pastor, we all face frustrating circumstances. And frustration is defined as a feeling of discouragement, anger, and annoyance. Because of unresolved problems or unfulfilled goals, desires, and needs. That is the definition of frustration. And we walk around many times frustrated with something, right? To me, dealing with customer service agents at AT AT&T, one of the most frustrating things in the world, right? They don't understand me. I don't understand them. I don't know what's going on. To me, what's really frustrating is when my neighbor's kids come screeching down the hall like banshees while I'm doing a Facebook Live. And people start saying, are you okay over there? What's happening? What's happening? What's going on? For me, it's really frustrating, you know, you know, when I, when I, 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 you know, I'm here all day preaching, praying, prophesying and casting out devils. And it's really frustrating when I go to the eat the, the chicken wings on Sunday evenings. And last week they brought me half baked chicken wings and I'm starving. 
I'm hungry. And I bite at this thing. I'm like, oh my goodness. Half bay. I had to send them back 30 minutes. That's frustrating. You're frustrated by things too. I'm quite sure some of you will tell me in the lobby today. Oh, woman of God, you have no idea. Frustration abounds in our society. And if you're not frustrated, sometimes people around you are frustrated and the frustration that's on them gets on you. And I saw this study about like the 40 top frustrations of people around the world. I'm going to share just a couple with you. See if I can push your buttons for a minute. One of them is constant calls from spammers. That's aggravating. Here you are trying to pray, trying to read the word, trying to, and they're, and it's like, you know, the IRS scam. You're going to go to jail if you don't report back. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Bad Wi-Fi connections. Forgetting your password. When people call you after you text them. Now, if you're an introvert, you will relate. You're texting them and they want to call you like, no. And they know you're next to your phone because. It's aggravating. It's frustrating. Yes or no? The extroverts are like, why would that bother anybody? I love that. (laughs) When the DoorDash is going to take over 30 minutes. Cracking your phone screen. And the list goes on and on. Here's the thing. God doesn't want us to live frustrated. He died to give us an abundant life. A life that is full and overflowing with peace and joy. Here it is. John 16, Jesus said, in the world, you will have tribulation and trials. Listen, this amplifier version. Because tribulation is not good enough. We need to expand it. Tribulation and trials and distress, and frustration. But be of good cheer. Take courage. Be confident, certain, undaunted. For I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. Come on. I love that. Because Jesus gave us the victory. He delivered it to us on a silver platter. All we have to do is believe. We don't have to walk in frustration. We can walk in faith that all things are working together for the good. What frustrates us does not need to frustrate us. If we walk in the spirit, if we live and move and have our being in the spirit, if we choose to live in that place, frustration cannot touch us. It might come knocking on our door, but in in response, we will say, no, I have the peace of God that passes all understanding. No, I have patience. No, I have joy. We have the fruit of the spirit living on the inside of us. But some of us is like a withering little tree. (laughs) Some of us, where it should be abounding, right, it's like a little nub. And we have to water it with the word. And how do I know that? Because one of you was behind me one day. I'm not going to look at anybody. One of you was behind me driving to church one day and started, had the nerve to honk your horn at me. Because I wasn't driving fast enough. And you didn't know that I knew that it was you. And I said, "Uh uh-huh. I'm going to bless you real good when we get to church. It's true. We want to cultivate the fruit of the Spirit. Right? 
And the Lord showed me this way. Impatience is the devil's playground. But patience is a weapon against frustration. Patience is a weapon that we need to deploy. Patience is the antidote for frustration. Because if we had the fruit of patience in our life, we would not get frustrated. So we need to cultivate that fruit. And we're going to talk about that today. But first, I want to explain to you what patience is. Father, in Jesus' name, would you help us today? Because, Lord, I'm talking to a frustrated people. I'm talking to a people who need some peace, who need some joy, who need some patience. God, I'm talking to myself. We're all in this together. Would you help us today? Let your word change us from the inside out. Fill us with your spirit today. Open our ears and our eyes in Jesus' name. Amen. So what is patience? What is patience? The Bible definition is, listen, to persevere patiently and bravely in enduring misfortunes and troubles. Here's the thing. You can't see patience. You don't need patience until you're going through some kind of suffering. You don't need patience until you're walking through a trial. You don't need patience until somebody cuts you off on the middle of the road. You don't need patience until you're having to wait a long time for something you expected a long time ago. You don't need patience. You can't see the fruit of patience until you're in a situation that is frustrating. You can't see it. Romans. One, no, Romans 12, verse 12, tells us to be patient in suffering. It tells us. It is a command. It is not a suggestion. It is not something to try to placate you. This is a command. Be patient in suffering. That means it's possible to be patient instead of getting frustrated. Somebody say it's possible. Are you living in the Spirit? Living in the Spirit is more than moving in signs, wonders, and miracles. Living in the Spirit is being empowered by the Spirit. Living in the Spirit is receiving guidance from the Spirit. Living in the Spirit is keeping in step with the Spirit, and so much more. So how do you live in the Spirit? In my new series, I'll teach you how to live a life that attracts the presence of God, positions you for promotion, brings breakthrough blessings, and so much more. Check out my new series, Living in the Spirit, at schoolofthespirit.tv. Watch online at schoolofthespirit.tv slash living. Hey guys, did you know I'm in South Florida at Awakening House of Prayer every Sunday, preaching, praying, prophesying, and casting out devils? Our heart is to equip you to live a supernatural breakthrough lifestyle. You'll discover that Christ is exalted and the Holy Spirit moves in every single service. Now you've got two different opportunities to encounter God and his word through prophetic worship and relevant messages every week. Give me a year of your life. Apply the word that I teach and watch what God does. Two services, 1047 a.m. That's a practical teaching with a prophetic edge. 1.30 p.m., that is School of the Spirit at Ahop, or going into the deep things of God. Most weeks, we've got a 4 p.m. straight up teaching, no worship on that 4 p.m. service, but we're going deep, equipping our community 
for works of service. Signs, wonders, miracles, prophesying, casting out devils. Listen, we're looking to raise up an army in our region. And if you're not in the region, jump on over to ahop.online. You'll find our morning service streaming over there. Become a web church member. Go deeper. ahop.online slash web church. We'll see you there. God doesn't tell us to do something without giving us the grace to do it. It wouldn't be fair. David was patient when Saul was chasing him in the wilderness. He had the opportunity more than once to slay Saul, to have him killed, and to rise up and wear the crown, but it wasn't David's time. David was patient in the face of suffering. He cried out to God. He's like, God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But he was patient. He waited. He didn't try to take it before the time. He waited on God to give him the promotion, and he got it. And there's some people in here today, and I'm talking to you by the spirit of God, that you've been waiting for that promotion. You've been waiting for that pay raise. You've been waiting for that shift. You've been waiting for that spiritual breakthrough. The Lord is saying to you today, I will deliver it at the Kairos time. It is not me who is late. It is you who have to wait. Listen, if you were ready for the promotion now, you'd have it. Oh, y'all don't like me today. I'm going to talk to these people over here. If you are ready for the breakthrough today, you'd have it. God is using it. It's a process. Somebody say it's a process. No, not process. <laughs> process. I'm going to train you how to, how to speak like a European. Number two, to be patient means to bear the offenses and injustices of others. And boy, I tell you, people are offensive. They really are. I'm so glad to be with you here every week because you're like the most loving, kind, wonderful people in the world. You're a little impatient, but we can deal with that. I'm just teasing you. You're, you're a wonderful people. But people, man, people are just nasty. They trash your name. They curse you behind your back. Amen. Even people in the church. But we bear, ooh, I hit a nerve. But we bear the offenses and injuries of others. We all deal with frustrating people. People are just rude. They're just rude. I said it some time ago. There's a spirit of rude been let loose in the church. Amen. And it's manifesting. Ephesians 4.2 says this. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. See, David was patient with Shimei. Here's David. Imagine the scene. David is king. His son Absalom, his son Absalom, he arranges an insurrection. He says, I'm going to take the throne. So David decides, I don't want to see Jerusalem go up in smoke. I don't want to see Jerusalem damaged in war, so I'm just going to go ahead and leave. So here's David leaping barefooted, crying as he went. He's weeping. His heart is broken. His own son has stabbed him in the back. And he's going along. Here's this guy, Shimei. And Shimei came as a servant of Saul. He used to serve Saul. So this was basically like Saul's ghost coming back to haunt him. As if Saul hadn't done enough damage, as if Saul hadn't given enough trouble. Here's David at a very low point in his life. And one of Saul's servants who is still living named Shimei comes and starts cursing him and kicking up dirt in his face and throwing rocks. And his, his, David's mighty men, they were like, let's kill him. We'll kill him. We'll kill him. They were mad. They were angry. Why? Because they're protecting the honor of David. Let me just take this guy out. 
right? That was their sentiment. They wanted to kill him. And David said, no, who asked your opinion? No, I am not going to grieve the Holy Spirit. Basically, David said, let me give you his exact words, not just his sentiments. He said, let him curse because the Lord has said, maybe the Lord has said to him, curse David. Who, who shall then say, why have you done so? And so you need to understand this. Let me just take a, a, a quick bunny trail here. Because the Lord said this to me during worship. And this might derail my whole message, but that's okay. Can we be a prophetic church, yes or no? There are hidden curses in the realm of the spirit. They're hidden to you, but they're not hidden to God. There are people who talk behind your back, people at work, people in your family, sometimes people in the church. And you might never know it. And sometimes it's better that you don't know it. But God knows it. God sees it. And God is about to deal with it. He's about to deal with it. God's about to deal with it. And he's about to turn the curses into a blessing. Amen. He's about to make the crooked places straight and the wrong things right. But here's the catch. We have to keep our heart right. David could have had Shimei killed. David could have just said, yeah, put him, in, put him in a cave somewhere and roll a stone over the mouth. David could have chosen to take vengeance on him after he came back. After he was restored. After they said, yeah, bring David back. We want David to be king because Shimei met David. Shimei was the first one when, when Absalom was killed. And David is called back to, to, to Judah to be king. They received him first as king. And here comes David. He's walking back. He, and here comes Shimei again. And Shimei is the first one to meet him. And Shimei is like at this point pleading for mercy. Shimei at like this point is like, forgive me, forgive me, please forgive me. Because he knew at that point David had the power to take vengeance on him. Let me just tell you something. You have power. The power of death and life are in your tongue. You have the power to go around and slander them like they're slandering you. You have the power to curse them like they're cursing you. You have the choice. But because you will continue to bless when you're being cursed, God will turn the curse against you into a blessing. And I want to deal with this. I want to deal with this right now because how many of you use sense? Can we be a prophetic church? Some of you are uncomfortable. This is your first time. That's all right. It won't be your last time because you're about to get a massive breakthrough. It's our heart posture, guys. We have to be patient with people. Listen, people were cursing Jesus all the time. Do you know that Jesus could have allowed John and, uh, and, and James, the sons of thunder? He could have. Uh, they, they were so offended, right? Because they wouldn't let, because the Samaritans wouldn't let Jesus walk through their land on the way where he was going. And they were like, Lord, Lord, let us call down fire. Let us call down fire and burn him to a crisp. And Jesus could have said, yeah, go ahead. I authorize that action. Jesus could have looked at him and they could have dropped dead, but Jesus was patient. Aren't you glad God is patient? Yes. How many of you wave at me if you sense there's people talking about you behind your back? Look at all these hands. It's like the whole church. 
except Carrie. He's, nobody would ever say a word. He's the, 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 got the word, best character in the whole world. No one, no one could ever say anything about Carrie. So I want to deal with this. Could we just deal with this in the spirit? We need to forgive. How many of you, by show of hands, you know who it is that's talking about you? Ooh. And some of you, you don't know, but you know that you know. You sure you're not just being paranoid? We need to forgive. So, Father, we forgive. We forgive those who curse us. We forgive those who trash our good name. We forgive those who slander us. We forgive those who talk behind our back, who make up lies about us, who want to see us destroyed, who want to see us fall. We forgive them in the name of Jesus. Lord, we ask you to forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. Not really. Not really. They don't realize that they're being inspired by the hordes of hell to curse somebody else so that they open their own life to a curse. They don't realize that in sowing a curse, a word curse, a slander, a libel, they don't understand. They don't really get it. They don't understand the damage that's going to do to their life. They don't get it because if they saw it, they'd never do it because they would have too much fear of the Lord to open themselves up to attack. So Lord, forgive them and show mercy on them in the name of Jesus. And we bless those who curse us and those who spitefully use us and abuse us. We bless them in the name of Jesus. See, that's step one. That's step one. And when you do that, guess what? You maintain your authority in the spirit. Until you forgive them, you can't break the curse. You can't reverse the curse. You've got no authority. Because as long as you are in in, in a heart posture of revenge, as long as you're in a heart posture that I'm going to get them back, as long as you're in a heart posture of I'm angry, as long as you're in that heart posture, listen, you're going to get angry when you find out what they said about you. You're going to, not you or me, because you're like, who are you talking about? You're going to get angry. It's going to make you mad. I just heard the Lord say... And y'all are disqualified in the front. I'm sorry to tell you. I'm so sorry. I heard us turn the Lord say to call up the five hungriest people, the first five people to run up to this altar. Lift up your hands. Hey. 
and the Lord would say to you today, I am rewarding your hunger. I am giving you more, more, and still more, says the Lord, for I always have more to give. So do not be concerned about the person next to you, but be concerned with the person above you, me. I am pouring out. Receive from my heart. Receive from my spirit, says the Lord. Receive from me. Zuli, come up here with me. Oh, oh, where's Kavan? I need you. Yay. Oh, 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 oh. Step a little further this way. the Lord would say to you, I have seen the trauma. I have seen the pain. I have seen the desperation in your heart. And I have seen the late nights in prayer, wondering, crying out, wondering, and crying out, when, God, when? Why, God, why? Will will you, will you show up, God? When will you show up? And the Lord says, I'm here. I've always been here. I've always been with you. I've always been for you. But the Lord says, you're coming into a season of deep, deep restoration. Because you did not forget me, because you did not leave me behind, because you kept me. You're coming into a season where I am bringing beauty from the ashes, the oil of joy for mourning. Father, fill her in the name of Jesus. Fill her in the name of Jesus. Fill her, God, in the name of Jesus. Fill her, God, in the name of Jesus. Fill her, God, in the name of Jesus. Somebody say, fill her, God. Fill her, God, in the name of Jesus. Come on, fill her, God, in the name of Jesus. 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 Jesus. At Jennifer LeClaire Ministries, our heart is to sow into the lives of people who may never otherwise hear the gospel of Christ or break out of bondage. Although we've traveled to dozens of nations in strategic missions to evangelize and equip believers, there's more work to do than we can possibly get done by ourselves. That's why JLM is partnering with ministries around the world to help them do what they do best. We're partnering with ministries in India that are transforming the lives of people with leprosy. Ministries in Africa that are bringing clean water to the masses. Global ministries taking the hope of the gospel to the ends of the earth. 
Messiah-centered ministries in Israel that are doing the work of Christ in the Middle East. Ministries that provide a hand of hope to hurting people in America's inner cities and the nations. When you sow into JLM, you are sowing into the work of God in the nations. Together, we're better. Will you partner with us to take the gospel to the ends of the earth, to feed hungry people, to bring hope to the addicted, and more? You can sow a seed today at jenniferleclair.org slash missions. Thank you for your partnership. In 2007, the Holy Spirit woke me up in the middle of the night and told me he would bring a third great awakening to the nation. I believe we're going to see the greatest great awakening in the history of the world and it will spill over into the nations of the earth for the glory of God. I believe we'll see a movement greater than all previous moves that God put together. And I know it's predicated on prayer. The Awakening Prayer Hub's mission in any city is to draw a diverse group of intercessors who have one thing in common, to contend for the Lord's will in its city, state, and nation. Bishop Bill Hammond, Lou Engel, Cindy Jacobs, Mike Bickle, James Gall, Alveda King, and many others are standing with us. Will you start a hub or find a hub in your city at awakeningprayerhubs.com?